How are they uh, checking out Facebook? What are they up to? But no, you're all on your Bible apps. I just know it. I, I choose to believe it anyway. Um, but you can follow along. And more importantly, you can open your Bible at any time. If you've got it there, you get used to opening it, get used to reading it. And then it's not that Giles is saying these things. These things are actually written uh, a few thousand years ago. And uh, we're looking at the letters of Paul, Galatians and Ephesians this morning, because Paul knew a thing or two about creating community, building churches. He knew a little bit about it, and uh, he's a good example. And he's writing to these churches. And some of these churches are brand new, new believers. Some of these churches, um, they've been around for a little while, and um, he's given some instructions on what it means to be church or what it means to be that community. And that's what we've been talking about, what it means to express Christianity within our culture, not just the well-meaning platitudes, um, not just following internet means, but a genuine love as Christ-like Christ followers. What does it mean to be a community? And I began last week talking about, I've got your back. And uh, I want to continue that this morning, that, that I've still got your back. And we're talking about what it means to belong, what it means to believe, and what it means to become. Because I don't think God wants us to leave, leave us the same way that we came in. I believe there's a transformation, change happens when we follow Christ. And if we follow this pattern of belonging, then believing, and then becoming... It's not that we're asking you to change before you believe and it's not we're asking you to believe before you belong, although some do believe and then they become part of it and then they belong. So it doesn't really matter which way round it is, but we're creating a place of belonging, belonging to one another, that genuine Christ-like Christ followers that have your back no matter what, that firm belief that we believe in God and we trust in God and we're going to see you come through what you're coming through and we're going to do it together because I've got your back. Galatians 5, he says this, For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you're not consumed by one another. Let us not become conceited, competing against each other, envying one another. My friends, if someone is detected in transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that yourselves are not tempted. To bear one another's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. To bear one another's burdens is, I've got your back. I'm here for you. And this is what we're talking about this morning. And I was asking myself, what is it that plays a key part in shaping our expression of Christianity? What is it that plays that key part? And it's us. It's you. It's me. It's all of us. We are the ones that are playing a key part in shaping the, the um, expression of Christianity that we have. It's our compassion for one another. It's our ability to stand strong, bear one another's burdens, pray for each other, stand with each other, believe God. And if someone's going into a transgression that we come alongside them with gentleness but with love and helping them and coming beside them and correcting them where we need to. 
Let's not be afraid to speak into people's lives truth in love because we have that relationship. I began to speak this last week. We come from a position of love and we love you too much to leave you the way you came in because we know there's a change there's a transformation that comes when we accept the spirit of god into our lives when we accept one another and we allow that say come on help me speak into my life come on i give you permission to help me from falling into a ditch and it says in ecclesiastes 4:10, it says woe to the one who falls if he's on his own but if there's two, the one can pull the other one out. And I believe that we need to be there for each other. And if we haven't been there for you and, then, and, and you've fallen, and you've fallen alone, you know how painful that is. You know the reality of that. And I want to say let's not have that happen in our community because I've got your back. Just say to your neighbor, I've got your back. And your other neighbor, I've still got your back. I've got your back. So we want to be a key influence on our culture. We want to create a space where people belong. And Paul understood this. You know, Paul, he understood the culture that he lived in and the time that he lived in. And he was aware that he had to adapt but not compromise. Being relevant is not about our style, but it's looking in our culture, seeing what's missing, seeing what's broken and trying to meet that need and to be an influence as we discover more about who we are it's not about our music it's not about our dynamic songs it's not about our inspired preaching it's we don't just follow after those things but we look to be brothers and sisters standing together that rock solid you know if two or three agree on anything they ask and it shall be done for you. And if you're not in a group of two or three, if you don't have someone that's coming alongside you, I'd say get them alongside you. And you say, well, you know what? I've got no problems. My life is great. Well, get in a two or three so you can rub off onto somebody else. Maybe join a home group. And our home groups are larger than that. And Jesus, well, Jesus had his pattern of 12, didn't he? But he also had his, his two or three as well. He had those brothers next to him. And he had more than the 12 because of all the women and everything that, that came along with him and the way his disciples that followed with him. And, you know, there's so much going on there. But I'm not going to get into that. So Paul understood the culture he lived in. He said to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you can have a look at this for yourself, it says this, Although I am free in respect to all, I have made myself a slave to all. In other words, he's made himself available for others. He's lowered himself, even though he can do anything, and you know, he can, you know, because we're free, we don't use that freedom as an excuse but we use that to connect with other people. And he's saying, in respect to all, although I'm free, I've made myself a slave. I've joined myself with others and maybe others that are weaker than me. Why? So I might win them. Any of you know me? I like to win. I hate to lose. Don't play Monopoly with me because the rules get a little bit bent and twisted because I have to win. Isn't that true? But, you know, I hate, to, I hate to lose. I hate to lose relationship. I hate to lose with people. You know, and if I can do something to win them, I'll win them. And I know that's a little bit dangerous because you become a people pleaser and you, you try and do that. But I'm not sure. I'm sure that's not what Paul's talking about here. He says, to the weak, I became weak. 
that I might win people. I become all things to all people that I might by all means save some of them. And I do this for the sake of the gospel so that I might share in its all his blessings. We are sharing in the blessings of the good news of Jesus Christ. And we're building something here, a community based around sharing the blessings of a the good news. The good news is that we are a new creation. The good news is that we're free from the power of sin and death. The good news is that Christ paid for our sins, but Christ won the victory so we can live in his victory. That's the good news that we are based around, that we are a new creation. And we know what it means to be truly human as image bearers of God, that we're created in his image, we're recreated in his image, and we're building something here that is the kingdom of God on earth. We're building a temple a holy temple, he says, that is our connecting place, meeting point between heaven and earth. This is the big deal of the church. This is the big deal of the community because Jesus himself says, I'm building this thing. I'm the one building this because the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he says, I have all authority over heaven and earth and I give it to you. You now become what stops hell coming into people's lives you are the one that puts a stop at the gate of the city and says no this is the dwelling place of the holy spirit and i'll put to stop the work of the enemy thank you lorraine i love it when lorraine you have to come every service We're creating something, a space where there is a sense of belonging. And where there's a sense of belonging, there's a sense of ownership. You know if something belongs to you, you own it. You stand by it. You defend it if you need to. And when there's a sense of belonging, then there's a sense of growth. There's a sense of change. There's a sense of something that I'm taking responsibility. And it begins, we take responsibility for ourselves, but we also take responsibility for one another's growth. The whole body joined and knit together. I read this last week. Whole body joined and knit together. Why? So you can grow up in Christ. And we need to encourage ourselves that we are doing a fantastic job. But yet we can challenge ourselves that we can be and do more. Jesus, when he met his first disciples, he said, follow me. Come with me. Learn from me. He says, for I will make you. This is the belonging, the believing, and the becoming. Christ himself wants you to become part of his kingdom. He wants to change and transform you. But he says to that there were fishermen. And he said, come with me and I'll use the talents, the skills, the gifts that you have. And I'm going to make you fishers of people. You see how God is bringing together people's talents and gifts. And he's saying, this is what you're good at, fishing. This is your talent. This is your gift. This is your training. This is your background. This is your knowledge. But I'm going to shape that into purposeful kingdom building. I'm going to use what you've got, but I'm going to train you. You're going to come with me and I'm going to make you. And I think there's a challenge for us today. Is our gift being used to bring people into closer relationship with Jesus Christ? I said last week, we need a challenge. You don't just come here because, oh, we get a nice sermon and we feel good about ourselves and life's great and you're great. No need to change. No, we come here with a challenge. With a, your life can be better than it is and you know it. 
and we open up our lives for someone to speak into it, a truth into our lives with love. I wonder today where challenge is coming from because everyone's telling you, you just be you, you're great. And yes, you are you and you are great, but you know you can be more. You know you've got gifts and talents and you know you have potential. And when you see someone, and maybe it's one of your children, and they've got amazing potential, and you, that's faith, isn't it? Faith is when you look and you see potential in someone or something and you say, there's potential in you. And I tell you, there's such a disappointment when you see someone or something and they've got so much potential and they're not living up to it. And you almost want to fall to their feet and say, come on, there's so much in you. Oh, I've had time to talk about Gideon. Gideon in Judges chapter 6, God says to him, and he's hiding, and he's making uh, wheat in a wine press, you know, because he's in fear. Oh, I've had to go and read it for yourself. But God says to him, you are a mighty warrior in God. And he's like, no, I'm not. But God believed in him. God saw some potential in him. And God had to almost pull him, kicking and screaming, into a place where he could change and transform that nation. I tell you, we have nation changes with such potential that we just need to say, come on, and pull you to your feet. You need someone to say, come on, come on, there's more to you. There's more you've got to give. And you need to just get plugged in and you need to get switched on. I wonder, do we need some challenge sometimes? Do we need someone who loves us enough to tell us where we're going wrong and help us to get back on track? So we're here to encourage you. We're here to challenge you. We're here from a place of love. We're here a place of, we've got your back. I'm here for you. But are you open to hear what the Spirit of God is saying? And that's my point this morning is belonging. Come to a place of belonging. Come to a place where you own it where you own yourself and you own one another. You come to a place of believing. You come to a greater depth of understanding and a greater depth of faith. And you begin to trust in God. And that faith is built when we work together. And then you become. And there's a becoming that uh, is a changing and transforming that happens in your life. Let's just pray. That was my introduction. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are belonging to you. Number one, we belong to you. Number two, we belong to each other. And I pray, Lord, that you are doing something special here, that you are building our home groups. You are placing us in a body, a place where we joined and knit together. You're creating a sense, a greater sense of belonging. And I pray, Lord, that there's a shift in our attitude, a shift in our hearts, not just trying to live up to some kind of morals, but a place that we really do believe and belong and we become, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, often belonging happens before believing. But it doesn't matter which way around it happens. Some of you say, well, I believe, now I'm looking for a place to belong. And some of you say, well, actually, you know, I want to feel loved, I want to feel connected. And then as I start to feel connected, I begin to change my beliefs, and my beliefs will change my actions. But can we create a space where people of all faiths, where people of no faith, that our hearts are open to them? And I'm not just talking about on a Sunday morning. I'm talking about in our lives. Are our lives open to other people? Can we accept people different from us, even those outside that maybe we would consider sinners or they're just because they're outside of our group? Can we create a space in our heart that they feel like they belong, that we have a home for them? 
You know, where we have a home in God, that our home is big enough and our hearts are open enough to accept others. It's not that we're wandering around with no roots. When We are grounded in Scripture. We're grounded in prayer. We're grounded in our fellowship with one another. And this is a good church home. If you're visiting today, uh, man, you are really welcome to visit. But if you've been visiting for a little while, then you need to unpack. This isn't a hotel. This is a home. And this is your home. And when you treat it as your home, as a place you belong, you begin to feel differently about it. You're not just a casual visitor. You make yourself known to us. You join a home group. You volunteer. You be active. You look at unpacking your gifts in a place that's your home. And when people feel disconnected, they feel disjointed, they don't feel involved in the life of church, it's easy then to withdraw from fellowship. But being out of fellowship has devastating effects for our lives, that being disconnected. And some people just come, but they haven't connected, they haven't joined in. But first you need to know you belong to God. Second, you need to know you belong to each other. Ephesians chapter 2, if you want to turn there, it says this, uh, verse 13. Ephesians chapter 2. It says, But now in Christ you were once far off. You know, let's not be disconnected. We were. When we were enemies of Christ, the enemies of God, we were disconnected. But now we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. And to unpack what that means is uh, just, you need a whole sermon just for that. What it means to come near uh, by the blood of Jesus. He says, And he goes on to say, for through him, both of us have access to the one spirit, to the Father. You see, when you know you've been brought near, when you're connected, when you joined, it's the two together that know you have access. I tell you, we can't just be wandering Christians by ourselves and think, yeah, it's fine. I've got internet church. I've got, you know, uh, I've got podcast church or whatever like that. That's... It's great to listen to podcasts. It's great to do those sorts of things. I do all the time. But there's no substitute for getting together and being brought near into one body. Why? Because you have access to the one spirit, to the Father. So then verse 18. We want access, don't we? You want access to God joined together. So then he says... I love this. You are no longer strangers. You're no longer aliens, but you are citizens with the saints. And also you are members of the household of God. You are members of the household of God. You belong to one another. This is built upon the foundation of the prophets, the apostles, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. In him the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. The temple is the meeting place between God and man. Mankind, humankind, in whom you are built together spiritually into a dwelling place of God. You know, God is building a home and he's using us to do it. He wants a place to dwell. He wants that place. He wants people rooted and grounded. He wants your feet under the table. He wants to feel like you belong in the house of God. Read Psalm 84, how David talks about the house of God and the beautiful place it is. Such an amazing home that you have here. And I tell you, if you come from a broken home, and you know, I know the, the pain that that must feel, you'll find real love here. You'll find real love here. 
And no, this is not a perfect church. If you find a perfect church, do not join it. You'll ruin it. You know who I'm talking to. No. There's no such thing as a perfect church. There's no such thing as perfect leaders. That's not what we're about. But there's no scripture to say, oh, that church is not perfect. I'm going to leave. Or so-and-so looked at me funny. Or so-and-so doesn't talk to me. Or so-and-so is like this with me. Or I don't like the way the pastor does things. I don't like the worship. You know, I don't like this. That's not a reason to leave. Because this is your home. This is your home. There's nowhere in the scripture that says God is going to make you homeless just because you disagree with something or someone says something and you don't like it and you're off. No, God says plant yourself through the good, the bad and the ugly that you can join together and it's I've got your back no matter what. Now I know people do change churches, they move churches because God has called them or planted them somewhere else, I get that. And we bless them and we love them and we send them but not they don't leave because they're offended. Because so-and-so doesn't like them. Offense is not the reason to leave. Never, It's never the reason to leave because you take the offense with you. Because you own it and it becomes part of you. And you just take that to the next church. I spoke last week about someone joining the gym. And the gym instructor says, oh, you need to change your diet. You need to exercise more. You need to do this. And you go away offended. How dare he tell me what to do? As if I've gone there to change. Yes, you've gone there to change. Just know why you're there and then accept the instruction. You know, we don't just leave our home because we have a disagreement with a family member. You know, what sort of society would we have if you just packed it in at the first sign of trouble? I'm not, we do have that kind of society, unfortunately. I'm not saying stay in an abusive relationship. I don't mean that. Hear me. But I'm saying you don't just run off at the first sign of trouble. This is your home. You work together. You say, listen, I've got your back. I'm here for you. We're going to get through this and we're going to get through this together. But no wonder why there's instability in our culture when families are just broken. So, Giles, are you going to talk about marriage? Yes, I'm going to talk about marriage. Charles, you're going to upset me if you talk about marriage. I care a lot about you, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. God ordained marriage. Let's just say that right now. God, it's God's idea. You know, people that live together, it's not the same. And you've probably heard me speak about this before. It's not the same. When you stand up in front of witnesses, and those witnesses stand beside you and say, listen, We're witnessing what you're saying today, that commitment that you're making, that we're not just signing a bit of paper once and then we'll leave you alone. No, we're going to stand with you. This is the idea of godparents, isn't it? You have godparents and you have these people who who you give permission to look after your children or... You know, if something happens to you, you have somebody, or in your will, you have somebody, you have somebody that's going to stand with you. And I say you need a witness in your life. You need someone to stand next to you and say, listen, you bore bore witness to Christ and I bore witness to your witness in Christ and I'm going to stand with you. When you go through hell, I'm going to go through with you. When we rejoice, we're going to rejoice. When we cry, we're going to cry. We're going to stand together in this. And And I know that's difficult for some to hear and that's 
you know, maybe you've been affected by divorce. And we do a divorce recovery workshop. We're doing another one in, in the new year. And if you've been through that pain, I'm saying we're here for you. Because there's, there's some things you need to unpack. And there's something, you know, you need to be able to come alongside with others who know what that means and to walk through it together. But God has planted you. You belong. He's planted you here. If, this is, if you're visiting you know, and you're looking for a church home, great. This is a good one. If you're thinking half in, half out, you know, and you're on the fence, I'm saying come all the way in. Plant yourself in a church. Call it your home. You know, God is not the author of confusion. He's not the one causing division. Jesus Christ's idea was to build the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he builds it. He joins it. And if you've left home and maybe you're like that prodigal son that you've gone out and you've done your own thing and maybe you're not at the pig pen just yet. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, you know, I really feel disconnected and I feel disjointed. One word for you, come home. Come home. Because the Father, his arms are open wide for you. Now, the Father didn't go into the pig pen. Do you know that? He didn't. But he was waiting for that repentance. He was waiting for that turnaround with arms open wide. And that revelation came to him, I've sinned against God and I've sinned against you and I want to come home. Because even... The servants live better than this. And he was contemplating eating the pig swill. And the father every day is out there watching for him. And the father's got the robe, the robe of righteousness. He's got it. He's got the feet. He's got the slippers. He's got, you know, you, when, you know when you're home because you're wearing your slippers. And he says, I've got a proper home for you. I've got a ring for you. And a ring talks about commitment. It talks about authority. It talks about belonging. And God wants us to belong. He doesn't want us to be like the older brother who didn't even know how to enjoy what belonged to him already. And his father begged and pleaded with him. We don't know if the older brother came in, but we hope he did. But both of them didn't understand what it meant to belong in the father's house. And I say, belong. Make your home here. Make yourself known. If you feel like you're visiting and you're coming and going, you need to tell someone. You need to come up and say to someone, this is my home. I want to do life together. I want to be in a home group. I want to connect. I want to volunteer. I want to bring my gifts, my skills into, into the house. I want to read some things, what it means to belong. It's time to unpack some things when you belong. If you belong, you see things and you fix things. How many have a list of jobs they're supposed to do at home? How many write those lists for their partner? Just and yeah, yeah, you do. You know those lists. Do those lists get done? <laughs> well, we hope they do, don't we? So go home, make a list. This is your home. And don't neglect the list. Don't be like the plumber who goes out and fixes everybody else's house. But his own house has got the leaky taps. This is your home. 
You see things. You fix things. You take responsibility for things. If you belong, you turn up regularly and on time. Oh dear, Pastor, did you just go there? Yeah, I did go there. If you belong, your attitude towards giving changes. Your attitude isn't, oh, they want my money, as in you're disconnected. Now your attitude changes. It says, I want to bring my money into my house. I don't want to see things broken. I don't want to see things missing. I want to contribute towards the heating, the mortgage, the staff, the leadership. My attitude towards the house changes when it's my house. You know, if you're in a hotel and something's broken, what do you do? You ring up, get someone to fix it. You report it and say, get it fixed. But when it's your house, who are you going to call? No, I'm going to do it myself. Okay, maybe I'm not a good plumber. This is true. So maybe I need to get in the skills every now and then to come alongside. But if someone in the house knows how to fix it and there's a gift in the house, then that gift needs to be used to build the house, to build the house around the good news of the gospel. When you belong... You don't criticize, you don't tear down, you don't gossip, you don't fault find, you don't backbite, you don't bite each other because you belong. When you belong, you speak well of the house, you defend it, you look after it. Why? Because you belong. Yeah, people want to feel connected to the house, they want to feel joined. But maybe that means that I'm going to have to allow someone to speak into my life and tell me some truths in love that I can hear. You know, maybe there's a reason that you haven't grown up, but can we speak the truth into your life? There's a reason why you're suffering with such anger. Maybe we need to speak the truth into your life. That might not be me, because if I speak the truth and you get all upset, you'll leave the church, but have someone in your life that, can, that you give the permission to speak into your life that can pray with you, that won't judge you, but will uplift you. That can tell you the reason you're not growing spiritually, the reason you seem to always struggle with the same old sins, the reason some of your relationships aren't working out, the reason you're struggling. It may be your own choices. Yes, there's a devil and the devil has deceived you. And sometimes when you're blind to it, you cannot see it. I spoke about this last week. It's been your choice, but you've been deceived. You need someone to come alongside you and say, listen, this is deception. This is not the right way to think. If you carry on thinking this way, you're going to end up in the pit. And if you end up in the pit, you end up in hell, you're going to take all your family with you. Real friends that come alongside you, that can speak to you the truth in love because you're part of the body. And when one part hurts, we all hurt. And we have that joining, that belonging together. And not that we're all the same. We're not all the same. But to belong, there's a change in our attitude. There's a change in our speech. There's a change. And if you're feeling disconnected, my prayer is that you come home. Come home. Do it. Because you belong here. This is your home. I don't know why I'm laboring on this, you know, but... I'm going to close.
What does belonging look like? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And if you've got your Bible, open it, open your tablet, have a look. 1 Thessalonians 5. If you've got it there, have a look. This is a scripture that pastors and leaders don't like to read. Because it sounds like, I need you to love me, I need you to love me. But that's not my point this morning. Although that would be nice. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 12. The title on this at the top says, This is the way he wants you to live. And he says this, And now, friends, we ask you to honor the leaders who work so hard for you. The leaders who've been given responsibility of urging you and guiding you along in your obedience. You know what the role of a leader is to urge you, to guide you. What does that mean? To correct you. To say, listen, you're going to hell. Your life is going down to the pit. Turn around before it's too late. These kind of leaders, what, how should you react to them? You should overwhelm them with appreciation and with love. Verse 13, you should get along with each other. Each of you doing your own part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. I love that, don't you? Oi, freeloaders, get a move on. You belong, you contribute, yeah? Get, did he just say that? He did, sorry. I didn't say that, it says it here. Gently encourage the stragglers. Reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person. Be attentive to the individual. Be careful when you get on each other's nerves, because you will. Don't snap at each other. Look out for the best in each other. Always do your best to bring out the best in others. I love that. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray at all times. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ to live. Do you belong? Do you belong? As we belong, we begin to do life together. And as we belong, some things start changing in our lives. Our beliefs, our attitudes start to change. Our lives start to transform and we become. We be devoted to one another. Come with me, Jesus said. Follow me and I'll make you. Follow me. Be part of me. Belong to my gang. Belong to my group. You know you belong to God. First and foremost, you belong to God. Second, you belong to each other. You have a responsibility of belonging. This is your home. This is your home. Lord Jesus, let's just stand and pray. We're going to close with a final song and collect your children. Oh Lord Jesus, I pray. I pray that there is a sense, a greater sense of belonging. That you're doing it, Lord. You're building the house and you're using us to do it. I pray that our ears are open, our hearts are ready to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us as a, as a group of believers, as an expression of Christianity, of our expression of that love that we have for one another. Lord, that we may fulfill the law of Christ in our loving attitude towards others. That we're not far off because you have brought us near by the blood of Jesus Christ and you've given us access by the Spirit of God to your Heavenly Father that we are that holy temple being built 
joint where Christ Jesus is the cornerstone that we're being built up together into a firm foundation that each one does its part each one brings its gift each one is building each one is contributing each one is knowing they belong and I pray for those prodigals those wastefuls that have gone away that it's time to come home it's time to receive that robe of righteousness to receive that forgiveness to receive the Father's love to know who you are to know where you belong thank you Jesus you're doing it you're doing it Lord you're doing it thank you Jesus Amen Amen just look at the person next to you and say I've got your back and your other neighbour the other side I've still got your back 